to you. I'm all wound up today. Oh, all wound up today. All wound up. Uh, for numerous reasons. Numerous reasons. Uh, first and foremost, welcome on a Friday. A blustery, kind of snow globy looking Friday out there, which uh, is not a bad thing. Uh, although I did see uh, the long range forecast, and it's going to be nippy. So hide the naughty bits because it's going to be uh, it's going to be kind of cold. Uh, but a lot of stuff to get to today. Going to hear from Aaron Rodgers today. Our good old boy Matt Mitchell is going to do some betting with us today. Speaking of betting, Ben Kenny, I think I won last night. Correct me if I'm wrong. You did. Congratulations. <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, boy, I tell you what, uh, Purdy Mania has taken over the uh, the Bay Area, isn't it? Holy mackerel. Two touchdowns again last night. And they had the, uh, boy, Geno Smith, he uh, started off like a a ball of fire, didn't he? And he has come crashing back down to earth. Then again, he was playing the number one ranked defense in the National Football League. But they were able to run the ball. The 49ers were. They were able to throw the ball. And they get a 21-13 win last night uh, and knock off the Seahawks. You know what that means? You know what that means? The Green Bay Packers are one step closer. It's now 13.2%. Did you see that, Ben? I did not see that, believe it or not. 13.2% says that the Packers can possibly make it into the postseason. There you go. Uh, I was watching this morning, as I do most mornings, but I was flipping around specifically because I wanted to see what was being said, if anything, about the Packers. And sure enough, it always comes up. It always does. And there is hardly Anybody, any, I mean anybody that believes the Packers can win out. Just thought I'd throw it out there. If the Packers do this, it will be, uh, I don't want to say shocking, because the word shocking I think is far overused. But it will be a somewhat uh, rather fortified surprise, might be the best way to put it, for many, because they just don't think the Packers can do it. And they point to... Uh, Christmas Day, they point down to that Miami game. they just like, yeah, they're not going to beat Miami. Not going to happen down there. Uh, the Packers don't play traditionally well in Florida, and it's just not going to happen. And then uh, half of the panel on both, really, <coughs> excuse me, believe that the Packers aren't even going to win on Monday night. They don't even believe the Packers are going to win on Monday night. How about that? So uh, we got that. Then, then last night you've got to the Badgers getting a win, knocking off Lehigh, 78-56. They've won four straight now. And what? so the whole Jordan Davis discussion this morning, Ben, were you in on that? Now, I didn't catch the end of the, the show today. I know that uh, they had Mike Clemens on, uh, Evo and Rowdy did. Did you get into that discussion? No. I was drawn into that this morning at about 7.30. I was unaware of the discussion. I had a lot of other okay. stuff going on. But I heard about it late. Uh, the Jordan Davis versus Connor Asijan question. Okay, so I don't know what's it. Let me let me give you my explanation on this. Jordan Davis, Connor Asijan. So it's not that I don't think Asijan is a good player because I do. I just think Jordan Davis is. If you're going to start somebody, that's what the question was. Would you start him? Doesn't mean you're not going to play him. But if I'm going to start somebody, I think Jordan Davis is more the all-round player. I think he can score. I think he can handle the basketball. But I also think he plays a better defensive end. Than the season does. That's that was my argument to all of this. So if you, I mean, you could flip a coin really and just say okay, and it wouldn't be a bad move. 
But I just think that Jordan Davis has the more polished, more all-round game than I do a Seijin. Does that make sense? I agree completely. There, there also is really? not. Oh, there's not a I bigger. Thought, I thought for sure you would have started. The, I thought you started all of this. Like you, you dipped your toe into a pond, pissed everybody off like you usually do, and just, <laughs> it just, it just started all of this. So the fact that you agree with me, it, it really quite make me, quite frankly, makes me rethink my whole stance. But uh, I understand it. <laughs> well, th- I think this all started. There's not a bigger Jordan Davis person than than myself. And I was saying last year that all of his shots looked good, even though he shot like 15%, right. where like like they look good. He was due. They just weren't going in. And it's hard to argue the stats of that. Uh, so not a bigger Jordan Davis person entering the season than myself. And I love what he's done. I love him in the starting lineup. He's shooting the ball well. Four of six from deep last night. Like mm-hmm. if you get that from him, that's huge. I right. love the season. He reminds me of Kyle Korver in some ways Mm -hmm. where he doesn't create his own shot, but if he's open, he'll hit it. The defense thing is what differentiates it. Uh, So that was going on. Then what the hell happened to the Bucks last night? Holy mackerel. John Morant. It's not like John Morant went off. He only had, I think like 25 points, but holy mackerel watching that game. It was just, it, it was turnovers and bad shooting, and they were getting a lot of fast break points. The Grizzlies were. It's like what the hell? Because I'm I'm sitting in a bar last. Did you see my? Uh, I posted it on Reels last night. I don't normally do a lot of Reels. You know, I'm I'm getting in more and more into the Instagram Reel story stuff over on Facebook as well. But I'm doing more Instagram stuff. So I sat down there last night. And I was really contemplating what I wanted to drink, and I just. As much as I thought about doing like a whiskey or a beer, I just thought, you know what? I had pulled out. I was going through the bottles that we had left over from uh, which are numerous from the party, and I came across the bottle of Moscato from Forgotten Fire Winery. I'm like, you know what? It's a Moscato kind of night. So I sat down, poured a glass, sat there and watched the games, flipping back and forth. And I, I was, I was watching both, and I, I was watching the the Bucks game. The Bucks are down ten. Flip back over. I was watching a football game. Flip back over the Bucks game, and the Bucks were down twenty. Flip back over. Bucks were down fifty. Like what the heck? Did the Bucks just quit? You know, I couldn't believe it. But Bucks got waxed last night. It's only one game. Yeah, it's a really scheduled cares. loss. Yeah, it is what it is. Giannis only with nineteen last night. Right. Uh, oh, speaking of that, I, and I posted it hardcore this morning. Uh, and you sent this to me, and I saw it. It's been kind of going, uh, blowing up a little bit on uh, uh, on Twitter. I saw. But uh, Draymond Green is an ass. We already knew he was an ass, but now it's proof that he's an ass because the Bucks fan that was ejected from the game had video. He had video of the back and forth between him and Draymond Green. Draymond Green is a coward. He's a punk, and he's a liar. And it's been proven. And the Bucks are back in their fan. The investigation proves the fan didn't threaten him. Didn't threaten him at all. He said, we giving you a pass. we giving you a pass. No, we're giving you a pass. And it was back and forth. And he got tired of it. And he's talking about the punch that was thrown and all that kind of stuff. He said, I just was letting Green know that the city of Milwaukee hasn't forgotten about it. We don't condone bullying. Punching our guy. And that's what, that's what he was yelling back and forth. And Green didn't like it. What, to me... I think not only does Green owe this guy apology, I think the NBA should suspend him. 
He had a fan ejected because he's a punk-ass coward. That And he can go around punching his own teammate, but he can't take that from a fan? I I was, I was, I, I told you, I said that just, you don't go yelling that if you're sitting courtside. You just don't. And I thought, there's something more to this. And sure enough, it's nothing more than Draymond Green being Draymond Green and being a punk, being a liar and a punk. And, it, you know, Kerr is never going to suspend him. The NBA is never going to suspend him. He's just going to go do what he wants to do, but he's nothing more than a thin-skinned, candy-ass punk, and that's all he is. That's all he is. Do you agree, Ben? I don't disagree. I would not go as far <laughs> as to say he should be suspended. I would. He uh, had a fan thrown out for no reason. He had a fan thrown out of the game for no reason, other than saying we're giving you a pass. How in the world? He lied about his life being threatened. Short of saying the guy called me the N-word, what else are you going to say? He had a fan ejected. He should not. He should be suspended for at least a game. My opinion. There you go. I I just I think that's unbelievably egregious. I you know what? Start placing calls to the NBA front office. Let's see if we can't get the commissioner on. Just let's just start harassing them. Just saying, hey, we want to talk to you. 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 How can you have a fan ejected by a guy that said his life was threatened when it never was, and it's on video? And there's no apology. There's nothing. The Bucks apologized. The Bucks said, hey, we're backing this guy. Security backs this guy. Everybody backs this guy. I, you, a paying fan just giving you a little bit of grade, what, no, no profanity, no nothing. And he gets ejected. That's terrible. So, uh, that being said, we have that going on. And then, uh, like I said, we're going to hear Aaron Rodgers. Uh, and did you wake up today if you're a Packers fan and have a little more pep in your step? Did you have a little more excitement? Um, and, oh, uh, some other news. Uh, boy, we got a lot of stuff going on today. Some other news is that uh, the Jets quarterback will not be playing this weekend. Their newfound phenom, most likely out. The doctors will not sign off on it. He got the hell beat out of him last week. No doubt. Mike White... He got drilled on two or three different occasions, and uh, apparently they will not sign off on him to play this weekend. So as much as uh, he has, you know, kind of reinvigorated the Jets and their fan base, uh, it is. And did you hear who they're going with? Are they going with Joe Flacco instead of Zach Wilson, Ben? No, they're going with Zach Wilson. They're going with Zach Wilson? Okay, I wasn't sure. But I was thinking to myself... How bad do you? Ha- how much did you have to PO your entire team not to be, to b- bring the backup to the backup in? Oh, that's there was Super Bowl champion Joe Flacco. Come on now, right? I know, right? He's right up there with Nick Foles. Uh, below Nick Foles, <laughs> but yes. Uh, but okay, so Zach Wilson's going to be the guy. Well, Zach Wilson at least has an opportunity then. He does, uh, but man, oh man, oh man. 877, Pac fan, you're right. Adam Silver's not taking that call. You know why? Because he's a gutless punk-ass coward, too. He always has been, always will be. I've liked some of the things he did early on, but since then, he is nothing more than a gutless figurehead. Um, <clears throat> Rick says White got folded in half. He did. 
I mean, he got eight up, eight up, big time, big time. What makes him gutless? The fact that he won't, he 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 doesn't make guys accountable. He doesn't hold guys accountable. Draymond Green now, too egregious thing, walks up, punches a guy in the face, doesn't get a suspension. It's okay. Go ahead. Do it. No big deal. This is what we're all about. You know, if we have aggression, go ahead and start swinging on somebody. That's one. And two, you had a fan, a paying fan ejected over a false claim. Over a fa- You lied. You said he threatened your life. Never threatened your life. Never came close to threatening your life. So you can just do whatever you want, have fans tossed out and everything, and it's okay with the NBA. There you go. Um, What else do we got? Uh, boy, there's just a lot of stuff going on. Like I said, uh, Roger spoke yesterday. We got a lot of sound out of the locker room from Mike Clemens yesterday. A lot of sound from yesterday. Got uh, some Aaron Rodgers stuff. Uh, what else do we get? Uh, some Aaron Jones stuff from yesterday, which is uh, good back and forth. And Aaron Jones, obviously, um, and some Rudy Ford stuff. Uh, but yesterday, uh, Aaron Jones talked a little bit about his nomination, about how much you know guys in that locker room like him and such, and you know his. And I'm talking about the uh, uh, being the. Uh, Know, getting the nomination as the Packers nomination for the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award. So uh, a lot of good stuff from Aaron Jones, too. But uh, you wake up today and you got a little bit of positivity. You got just a little more hope. You got a little more, Lord, a little more thing. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Coming up next is Purdy Rare Air. Ha <laughs> ha! That's what they call a tease, oh, using God. the purdy word. Oh, you like that, Ben, didn't you? He's 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 purdy close to Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah, stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Phil Michaels show. It's all coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. It is uh, that time. You know what that time it is? That time of year. Maybe a little diamond, a few diamond earrings, maybe, pendant, necklace, whatever it happens to be. Maybe the ring. Who knows? Check out our friends at Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. K O E H N. Kane and Kane Jewelers in West Bend. I saw Andy, uh, Andy Kane put up a, a podcast, the Buy Like a Guy podcast. He's got another edition of that out. So go to Kane Jewelry, K O E H N, KaneJewelry.com. KaneJewelry.com. It's worth the trip to go to West Bend. KaneJewelry.com. You can see everything they offer. At the bottom of the page is the Buy Like a Guy podcast. You can find it over on Instagram and such, but you can go right there, click on it, and subscribe to it. It's good stuff. It's good stuff, especially if you're thinking about in any way, shape, or form buying uh, buying jewelry this time of year. It's the place to go. Go to KaneJewelry.com. That is KaneJewelry.com. Uh, 877-867-1670. Uh, hit us up if you want to do so. Uh, so he's in Purdy rare air. Yeah, the NFL Research Department says Brock Purdy joins Aaron Rodgers as the only quarterbacks since at least 1950 to have a passer rating of 115-plus in each of their first two career starts. There you go. Brock Purdy's all over it. Ben, are you a Purdy believer now? Nope. <laughs> I mean, come on. Listen, he made some fine throws. Guys were open all night. 
Mm-hmm. Shanny was running circles around the Seahawks right? defense where some of those touchdowns yep. to Kittle and, and all the tight end stuff, they were running with 20 oh. yards of open space. I could have yeah, made that. But he throw. had he, he had two play action fakes that were magnificent. Well, what do you mean? He did a fake handoff. I could do that. No, he had a, he had a fake pass to the to the left, then faked it over to the right and then hit Kittle down the middle. Oh, I mean, Graham and, Mertz could pump fake. Oh, God. <laughs> okay. When he's hoisting a Super Bowl trophy, will you be a believer? Maybe not. We'll see. I don't know. There's all this love for the Niners, Bill, honestly, right now, because I, of what I, they've not, done. I think we're caught in the moment. I'm not in love with the Niners. I'm in love with the Niners defense. I think the Niners defense puts pressure on teams because the minute it, it's much like the Packers used to do, although the Packers didn't have that same kind of defense, uh, same kind of defensive front, so to speak. But what the Packers used to do was score. And they'd score quick. They'd score almost at will. And then then that defense would pin its ears back and come after you. But the difference between this defense uh, that the 49ers have and the Packers' defense at the time is the fact that the Packers' defense, they just got picks. They got turnovers. They did last night. Uh, the 49ers did. Don't get me wrong. But when they drafted Armstead and they drafted Bosa and they picked up uh, uh, Greenlaw and uh, they got Fred Warner and you start to go through all of that, uh, and you still have Jimmy Ward back there, too. He's a first-round draft choice as well. When you have all those guys, and and they, what, what they and the, I thought it was a really good breakdown last night that Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit did on how they went after the trenches, how they said, we are going to build this defense through the trenches. I almost wanted to copy that. I was going to back it up, copy it, and then put it out and say, hey, by the way, is anybody watching in Green Bay? Just an FYI. Now, Wyatt... We'll see what he ends up becoming. I hope, hopefully, he's one of these guys. But when they got Bosa, when they got Armstead, they really started to fulfill that 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 right side of that defensive front. Uh, I know Kevin Givens is another guy that they picked up, and he's played pretty well for that team. Uh, but they they they've got some guys in the trenches that are just it, it, they're hard to handle. And then that defense, became, especially when you put uh, quarterbacks under pressure and quarterbacks have to get rid of the ball, maybe a split second too soon or it disrupts their throw. And all of a sudden your secondary is picking balls off and they're going either back to the house or what have you. And then obviously the fumble last night as well. Turnovers killed Seattle, killed Seattle in that contest. But boy, I, what a what a defensive front they have. So uh, I'm more of a believer in their defense than I am necessarily Brock Purdy at this point. To be honest with you, I agree with you. Uh, I think he has to show me more, although I will say I love the guy's spirit. I love his energy. I love the fact that the guys have rallied around him. Uh, and when you look at George Kittle and high-fiving and all that kind of stuff and Brandon Ayuk, and it's, they, just, they just really like this guy. I, I don't know if he's a more likable figure than Garoppolo, but they really like this guy, man. They just like him. I agree. Uh, go ahead. I agree. That has to be said. I don't mean to yeah. say that he's this terrible quarterback. I just I and I I agree with you. I buy in because of the defense and because of how little the offense would have to do and how well it's schemed. I just think we're caught up in the moment with the wins and the numbers. But I don't know. You you could put you could put Jordan Love on that team and he does the same thing. Um. Well, we maybe better. See, we we don't know. Maybe but maybe better. Maybe not. Maybe better. Maybe not. So here's the question. Okay. So they have three games. The 49ers have three games remaining. Do they win out? The Commanders, the Raiders, the Cardinals. Ooh. And then, because if they did, they would be by far the hottest team in football. Next to the Eagles, yeah. 
Well, they would. Well, yes, but they will have ten straight wins going into the postseason. Think about that. Ten straight wins going into the postseason. If if they win out, if they beat the Commanders, the Raiders, and the Cardinals, and then at that point, would you make a change to go back to Garoppolo if indeed he comes back? If Purdy is, you know, lighting it up the way he is, would you even consider making the change to go back to uh, to Garoppolo should he then be eligible to come back and his, his ankle be healed? You know? I don't know if I could. You know, the old adage is stick with what's what, what's getting you, getting you there. It's like last year when... You know, we were kind of looking at the Packers going, oh, everybody's coming back. This is great. And then when they came back, they were rusty. They were slow. But they were slow in a game in which the Packers needed to win, and that was the postseason. And instead of going back to what was working, Matt LaFleur just stuck with what wasn't working and watched his team go down in flames. I don't know if I'm Shanahan if I'm going to say, hey, Jimmy, it's your job, I, I I would pretty much say, you know what, until Purdy really starts to struggle, I'm just going to stay with this guy. I agree. You know? So. Um, there also is the, the elephant out there that uh, come playoff time, and they're clearly built to achieve a lot this season. Come playoff time, they're going to be on the road for at least one game, if not two. Because the right. Vikings and the Cowboys, or no, the Cowboys won't. The Vikings could also finish ahead of them record-wise. Mm-hmm. So you wonder what that looks like on the road in a playoff environment compared to home. Right. Uh, 877-867-1670. You want to chime in, feel free. Uh, by the way, we were sitting here talking uh, earlier about um, whether or not uh, – um, the, the Jets were going to have their quarterback. And, and it looks as if the doctors have already said, no, he's not playing. It's not even a question of whether or not he could on game day. They, I, they've already said basically, no, he's not playing this weekend. Uh, let's go back to the uh, – well, let's go to the phones. We haven't even gone to him yet. Let's go to Derek listening to us in Albany. Derek, how you doing today, man? What's going on over there? Oh. Hey, Bill, I'm here. There you go. What's up? Okay, uh, I was looking at the playoff standings, Bill, and uh, oh, and by the way, that that Forty ers situation, you know the old adage, guys, where you know you get to the end of the season, you can't get you can't gain any more advantage, so you sit your starting quarterbacks and you go to your second or third string quarterback. The Niners are basically down to their last quarterback. I don't know who they got behind uh, Brock, unless you go to uh, what the, the the kid that that they touted there and bring him in but he's hurt so he can't bring him in i, I right. agree with you i'd stick with this kid he's playing well but the yeah the standings... only other guy they have is that kid from uh what was it uh he was uh, they picked him up from denver or something like that that josh johnson right yeah they could go to him yeah i think but, that's uh, the only other guy they have go ahead here's some interesting rooting things for packer fans you want to root uh you want to root uh against the vikings this week not just because you don't like the vikings packer fans don't like them but uh, because if the Vikings lose this week, they're going to be really ornery, angry, and really wanting to beat the New York Giants the following week. Because if they win this week, I think they've, they officially clinch the division, and they won't admit it, but it takes a little steam out of you when you, you, know, you get that. Whereas if they lose again, they're going to be loaded, loaded for terror the next week against, yeah. against the Giants. And you want that to happen. 
And I'm looking at it, Bill, and you talked about Washington maybe keeping the Packers out. Let's assume the Cowboys get in as a wild card and Washington gets in as a wild card. Then it's wide open. I mean, even if another thing Packer fans should root for is they should root for the Buccaneers to lose. The Buccaneers could even lose the division. You could have something as crazy as the Saints being 8-9 and nine and winning that division or the Falcons right. being 9-8 being, uh, and eight and winning the division because if we're tied with the Buccaneers at the end of the year with the same record, we have a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. No, that's so that, true, too. That's yeah, another you're right. angle. So, yeah. you know, other than those, those, uh, those two wild cards, which I think are going to be Washington and Dallas, the rest is wide open. Uh, no, I would agree with that, and I agree with you on the Vi- the whole Vikings thing. Uh, they're trying to clinch their division this week, where I completely agree with you. That has no bearing other than the fact that they would then come back, hopefully hungry, and knock off the Giants. But I agree with you. I we, this is a game basically with other than that, no meaning for Packers fans. So we're always rooting against the Vikings. You got to have something to root for. And one last thing: if any of your call- callers or listeners. We're at either the Ice Bowl or the Snow Bowl, Bill. You were living, I think, somewhere else in the country in 1985. But in 1985, they did what's called the Snow Bowl. And your uh, sister station up there in Green Bay, we were talking about that on air. And I love hearing the stories of people who were at those crazy games. The Snow Bowl was where there was like 17 inches of snow in less than a day in Green Bay. And people were Mm -hmm. driving snowmobiles, and they left the doors open to the stadium, had people go in. This woman called about the Ice Bowl and said that this lady sat next to her with a bottle of wine. They, she and her husband, she left because she was froze, and they didn't they didn't get rid of the bottle of wine. They kept it, and it's in their basement as a memento from, from back <laughs> in the day. That's awesome stuff. Good stuff, Derek. Appreciate it, pal. Uh, I I do love those stories. I my point of reference is the uh, the other game where Favre uh, had the Giants, and it was freezing cold. I mean, it was cold, cold. It was like the second, I think, second cold. I don't know if it was the second coldest. Or the th- third coldest game in NFL history, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, but that game that uh, the Giants came to town, Favre looked miserable. It was the last pass Favre ever made as a Green Bay Packer. And I just remember sitting there because they had taken the postgame show from Curly's Pub. Ryan and I were doing the postgame show at Curly's Pub, and they brought us downstairs into the atrium on a stage. And we were doing the pregame and the postgame. And I remember uh, a girl had come up to me, and she was kind of like the snow bunny type. She was wearing a white, I'll never forget this, a white, like, snowmobile suit with, like, moon boots and this big furry, you know, like, hood on this thing. And under she came in, and underneath it, and she starts to unzip. And, and sure enough, she's only wearing, like, a bikini underneath it. But in between her boobs, she had a, a flask. And she says, I'm keeping warm. And, and both Brian and I looked at each other and just started giggling. But there was just all kinds of stories like that coming out of that game, cars not starting, all that kind of stuff, you know, in the parking lot afterwards. We're, we're you know, leaving the stadium and going outside. And there's cars all over the place and tow trucks all over the place. And, the you know, the yellow lights flashing where they're trying to jumpstart a lot of these cars and people that had left uh, their cars or their, you know, whatever uh, radios and such, you know, that were on during their tailgate party. When they came out, they just found that the battery didn't have enough juice to start the car back up. And so I, I remember all that stuff. Those those kind of things are kind of cool. I agree with you. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away. We're going to take a quick break. Come back. Got a whole lot more to get to. Uh, the Bill Michael Show brought to you by our friends at Bud Light, the official beer sponsor of the Bill Michael Sports Talk Network. Always good to have Bud Light along for the ride. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 
to have you back. Bill Michael show continues on coming up tonight, man. I, I'm looking forward to heading downtown, little Italian, heading over to a uh, Calderon club for, uh, for dinner tonight, Kristen and I, and then, uh, I don't know what after that, maybe just kind of peruse the downtown area and, uh, check out lights or something. Just taking it easy tonight. Taking it easy. Going to head over to a uh, Calderon club. And, uh, it, I've told you before, it's uh, the best Italian food you're going to put in your mouth. Calderon Club is absolutely fantastic. Between Calderon Club and San Giorgio, the authentic Napoletana Pizzeria, it's uh, both places you cannot go wrong. And whether it's the pizzas or the meals and you pair it up with Cider Boys, it's just really, really good stuff. And uh, that's both our friends at uh, San Giorgio and over there at uh, at San, uh, San Giorgio and Calderon Club. Old World 3rd Street, right across the street from the Hyatt. That's where you can find it, downtown Milwaukee, and say hi to Gino because it's May, well, maybe I'll say hi for you because uh, we'll be there tonight. Be there hanging out tonight. Good stuff. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Uh, getting back at it. Uh, got uh, uh, Matt Mitchell coming up here in just a little bit. So we're going to uh, going to chat with him. A little betting coming up this weekend. Maybe if you're looking to throw down a few w- uh, wagers, you can do that. Um, this one's from J. Uh, G- this is Jay. A couple of people have actually said this, though, over on the uh, the Bud Light live stream, saying the Vikings do have something to play for because even if they win this weekend, they're still trying to be the second overall seed in the uh, in the NFL or in the NFC, I should say, uh, which would then give them uh, a couple of home playoff games. So uh, they would, yes, they would want to uh, continue to win because obviously right now they're battling San Francisco. And San Francisco, uh, let's face it, probably has a much easier path with the three opponents they have as opposed to the Vikings. The Vikings have um, the uh, the Colts, uh, the Giants, the Packers, and the Bears. Uh, you know what? The, the Vikings still have a pretty, I mean, if you want to call it an easy path. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Colts are not a big, big, bad team. Giants, we all believe, are a paper champion. Packers have not performed well, obviously. And then their last game of the season is the Bears. They They should end up with at least three more wins you would assume, right? They should at least get to a 13-win season, you would assume. Whatever loss comes, whether it's through the Giants or the Packers or what have you, uh, or or any, uh, if the, even if they lose, if they don't lose. So they've got the Colts at U.S. Bank Stadium. They've got the Giants at U.S. Bank Stadium. In the last two games of the season, cold-weather games, one in Green Bay, one in Chicago, back-to-back. But uh, they are they are fighting for the, uh, the second seed, while the San Francisco 49ers sitting there. With, and by the way, if the Vikings win out, they will then hold on to that second seed, even if the 49ers win out, because the Vikings will have uh, one game better. Just an FYI. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. If you want to find us, please feel free. Go ahead and do so. 877-867-1670. Um, this was from uh, Jason. Jason says, uh, hey, I woke up this morning and saw that Seattle lost – what is the percentage now? We talked about this earlier. The Packers, it's a 13.2% chance of making it to the postseason. He then goes on to say, I believe in the Pack, always been a Packer fan, never lost faith. Really? Never lost faith? Now, let me ask you this. Okay, let's be honest here, right? Between you, me, and the fence post, you never lost faith? Never? Come on. Never lost faith? You know? You got drilled by the Vikings to open things up. Didn't look good. You come back, ah, you get a 27-10 win over the Bears, right? Good stuff. You go to Tampa Bay and you thought, boy, that's going to be a big win if they can get that one. It was ugly, but they won. You're like, whoa, we're back on track, right? Patriots, 
then you start to go, whoa, wait a minute. They barely beat Bailey Zappi, right? Go to London, looked ugly, 27-22. You're back to 3-2. and two. Then the Jets come into Lambeau Field. You got to beat the Jets, right? Got to. Took an ass beating in the trenches. That was ugly. It's like, whoa, wait a minute. You're now at 3-3. Three and three. Holy crap. And oh, by the way, you're not scoring over 22 points a game. Barely. Barely. Then the Commanders, they knock you off. Then the Bills, you kind of felt you were going to lose that game anyway, and the Bills beat you up. And then come the Lions. We're going to get healthy against the Lions, right? Got to beat the Lions. 15-9. to nine. Red zone turnovers. And it just... I mean, the defense kind of held their own, but the offense was terrible. And then you bounce back. You get the win against the Cowboys. You're like, whoa, here we go. Here we go. Bring it. Then you lose to the Titans at home. You lose to the Eagles. Are you learning anything? Are you gaining anything? Is there anything there to grasp onto? So the Lions game was probably the lowest of the lows. Even after that game and losing at that point then five straight, you never had a doubt, never Come on, I don't believe that. Don't believe it. I appreciate it, but I don't believe it. 877-867-1670. When we come back, old boy Uncle Mitch, our guy Matt Mitchell, the Action Network is going to be joining us, brought to you by our friends at Pottawatomie Hotel Casino. Our friends at Pottawatomie bring it to you because they got an avalanche of cash to give away, and bingo is back. So many good things going on. Go to PaysBig.com. That's PaysBig.com. Stay right where you're at. We're going to talk a little betting. Coming up next on the Bill. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Packers and the Rams on Monday Night Football. The Rams still looking for their first win here at Lambeau Field under head coach Sean McVay. Packers head coach Matt LaFleur on facing his former boss. We've played each other quite a bit over the last couple years or twice in the last two years, and there's a lot of familiarity within the staffs. Of A lot of us have worked together, and so we kind of know what we like, but... Sometimes that can you can overthink things as well. So there's a lot of similarities, whether it's offensively or on defense, just in the schemes. And it's going to come down to who can go out there and execute the best. The Packers' chances of reaching the playoffs improved a little when the Seahawks lost to the 49ers last night, 21-13. to Seattle now 7-7 seven and seven on the season, and they may have lost one of their best receivers. Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll after the game. Tyler Lockett broke a bone in his hand. Uh... And this index finger right in here, you know, and we got to figure out what, what's the right way to go. I can't, can't even fathom that. I can't fathom playing without Tyler. So in order to finish 9-8 and eight and still have a shot at the postseason, the Packers need to win their final four games, three of them to be played here in Green Bay. It started with that win in Chicago, Aaron Rodgers. Like I said after the game, we're playing meaningful football in December, and that's that's important. That should be the focus. And, and look, the fact is, their stuff is out of our control. What we can't control is we got to win out. We can't control what happens tonight, what happens on Sunday, you know, games that we need to go our way. But, you know, we control our focus and our approach and and, uh, and be a pro about it. And, and if we do that, you never know what can happen. We'll get on a little run here and, and make things interesting. That's Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back to the program. 
Bill Michael Show. We continue on. Good to have you on board. Uh, let's do this. Let's bring in our guy, uh, Matt Mitchell, the Action Network, joining us uh, on the Highline. Oh, boy, Uncle Mitch over there on uh, Twitter. Good stuff. Uh, Matt, how you doing today, man? Hey, Bill. Peace on earth and mercy mild. Sports <laughs> books and gamblers are reconciled now that bowl season has begun. There you go. Uh, I Boy, there's just a whole plethora of stuff to get to. Uh, let's start with uh, the game tomorrow night, and that is the Bills at home. And the fact that uh, you're supposed to get some snow, the Dolphins ha- and, and Tua has not won in uh, temperatures less than 50. As a matter of fact, he's 0-3, and he's uh, two touchdowns to four picks. Uh, but Buffalo's only a seven-point lead in this thing. Yes, this uh, as a Bills fan and a uh, a big fan of the Saturday games late in the season, I have certainly got the Kringle tingles for a snowy December game in Buffalo. If they win, the Bills punch their ticket to the postseason. Uh, still an enormous deal for Bills fans after a recent 17-year hiatus. And I think they are going to uh, provide a Yuletide cover against the spread, despite it being a fairly large number. I think they have the motivational edge. They have the revenge angle after one of their only losses this year, falling in Miami when it was, uh, it looked like the battle of Gettysburg out there. They had uh, something like a, a heat index of 150 degrees on the Bills sideline because they would not give the Bills any cooling fans. Uh, and again, <laughs> you know, congratulations. Enjoy your right. home field advantage. The Bills will do the same. I think they uh, come away with a double-digit victory on Saturday night. Uh, there's, uh, I thought the margin was relatively small. The Eagles are only favored by nine on the road in Chicago. Um, I thought that was a little bit low. I I think the Eagles are just kind of rolling right now. And uh, is that a safe one? Does Vegas know something I don't? The Eagles continue to win games that historically teams that are in the Eagles position don't win and cover. So this year, home underdogs against the spread, all home underdogs. 57.5% 57.5% against the spread. That's very good. Home underdogs of three or more points, 65% against the spread. Home underdogs of a touchdown or more, eight and two against the spread. That's the Bears. Uh, the trends point to Chicago, keeping it close enough to get a cover. But all of recent form is showing the, the Eagles kind of refusing home or away to, to not cover these big numbers. They really do seem to... Uh, to reflect their coach, their maniac coach, Nick Sirianni, and the the zealousness with which they want to win and cover every game. The smart side is Chicago or just stay away. A lot of casual people will be laying the number with Philadelphia. I'm going to stay away. Talking with Mac Mitchell of the Action Network. Uh, I wanted to go to the Jets game. Jets, obviously, uh, they're going to have Zach Wilson. And uh, his coach said he's the same quarterback that once went 18 for 18 in a bowl game. To me, that's the equivalent of when Aaron Rodgers was asked about the wide receiver, Amari Rodgers, and he said, yeah, he's our punt returner. It's just not an endorsement. So uh, Detroit's only favored by a point in this game on the road. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, it's a whole different ball of wax with Zach Wilson under center versus Mike White. Mike White winning the the hearts and minds of his teammates and uh, the Jets faithful was an absolutely bananas uh, performance against Buffalo where he basically, they said, Buffalo's going to have to kill me to get me off the field. And they nearly did it. He left the stadium in an ambulance after walking off the field. Um, right. And now, you know, Zach Wilson, who lost the hearts and minds of his teammates and the Jets faithful earlier this year for very good reason, comes under center. 
Our team still likes the Jets. Jared Goff traditionally dreadful in outdoor games. This is a good chance to buy the Jets low, sell the Lions high. So I cannot blame you if uh, if you don't want to pull the trigger on the Zach Wilson experience, especially in a late season outdoor game. But Jets really need the win. I like their defense to step up here, and I think the you know the the, the market is couldn't be peaking higher on the Lions right now. So the smart thing to do is to sell them. You got the Buccaneers who just got dump trucked uh, by the 49ers. And they now they come back home, and they've got a pretty good Cincinnati team that's coming into town winning, what, seven of their last eight or six of their last seven. And everybody seems to be healthy. Joe Burrow's looking as good as ever. There's a lot of comparisons between him and him and uh, and Tom Brady all of a sudden because of the matchup this weekend. But the Buccaneers uh, only getting three and a half. It seems a little low. It does seem a little low, doesn't it? It, it feels yeah. like uh, what some people would call a sharp trap where, you know, a lot of a lot of savvy betters are, you know, the smart side is take Tampa, take the points. Like I just mentioned, you take the home underdog, especially late in this in the season. But Joe, Joe Burrow simply refuses, another guy that refuses to not cover spread. Uh, the Bengals are down to 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. They're, they're uh, their lowest odds of the year in Burrow's career. He's, he's 24, 18, and 1 straight up. But he's 29 and 14 against the spread. Joe Burrow is the most. A profitable quarterback against the spread since 2020. He's 17 and three against the spread in his last uh, 20 starts. He's an absolute animal out there. So I cannot blame anybody if they want to take the more fun, more successful team in the Bengals right now. But I think the the sharper, savvier side is the yuckier side, as usual, with a Buccaneers team that still needs to fight to win its disgusting division. Uh, give me an upset. Are we looking? Everybody seems to be jumping on the Jaguars, saying that they're going to actually knock off the Cowboys. Cowboys favored by four in that game. Is that the upset of the weekend? Indeed, it is, Bill. Good eye. That is the one that uh, our team is no exception to. Some of our sharpest people on the Action Network podcast and the Favorites podcast, like Jacksonville, Dallas, dealing with a number of injuries, punching a little bit above their weight class, playing an outdoor game in Florida. Late in the year, another you know Jaguars team also with an outside shot to win its division. Now the Tennessee has stumbled four and a half, a lot of points, and we're seeing a lot of line movement towards um, that Jacksonville side. Uh, again, Dallas is going to have the perception of being better and you know kind of a team that should cruise to an easy road win. There are no easy road wins in December. Lines already moved from four and a half to four. I think Jacksonville's the smart side, and you know Merry Christmas to Jaguars better. There you have it. Good stuff, Matt, as always, man. I appreciate it. We'll talk again next week, okay? Absolutely. Enjoy the Bahamas Bowl, everyone. <laughs> there you go. You got bowl games on today. Ben Kenny's attention. What? Out the door. We got it all coming up. Stay tuned. We got a whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.